Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. I've always been a big fan of stories and shows and movies in which there's what's often referred to as the big twist at the end. I think that's one reason that I love to tell the stories that Jesus told, because in a whole lot of the parables that he shared, the end of the story is not what we're expecting at all. But it's always everything we need to hear. Such is the case with Jesus' parable of the ten bridesmaids found in Matthew chapter 25 verses 1 through 13. It's the subject of today's message, which is entitled, The Time to be Ready. Okay, so let's do the math here, shall we? In our text for this morning, Jesus tells the story of 10 bridesmaids. And by the way, I found it very interesting. That translation just says 10 girls. But uh, specifically, we, Jesus is speaking of 10 girls who were 10 bridesmaids, all waiting together on one particular night for the arrival of the bridegroom, at which point, as the custom was at the time, the wedding festivities would begin in earnest. Now we are told, however, at the outside that five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. Which is interesting because for all practical purposes, all 10 of them were pretty much identical. All 10 of them had been invited to the wedding, obviously, and given that they were all waiting there for it to start, it was clear that they wanted to be there to meet the bridegroom and join the party. Moreover, since the bridegroom was delayed, all 10 had waited long into the night. And yes, though as the night wore on, they'd actually fallen asleep on the watch, that doesn't account for the foolishness of the five. Because once again, they'd all done that. None of them come off in the story as particularly steadfast or heroic. Now, as we hear this story, what separates the foolish from the wise in this parable seems to come down to lamp oil, or more specifically, the lack thereof. Understand, it's not like these five foolish ones didn't have the oil to begin with, because they did. It's just that when the big moment arrived, they'd realize that they were running out and had to go looking for more oil to keep their lamps burning. Never mind that the five wise ones likely had more than enough to share because they brought extra. No, these others have to go off looking for whatever dealer might be willing to sell them some oil at that hour of the night, essentially to open up the shop to help them out in a pinch. They had to go looking. And so as a result, these five bridesmaids end up missing the bridegroom's arrival. And worst of all, now that the party's on in full swing, they are uninvited to the wedding and quite literally locked out of the festivities. The bridegroom, we're told, actually hears their pleas to come in and he claims that he doesn't even know them. Which quite honestly, friends, when I hear this story, it all kind of comes off as rather harsh and unyielding downright rude, even kind of mean if you think about it. I mean, all this for just forgetting an extra flask of oil? Come on. 
Let me tell you, friends, I have officiated at a great many weddings over the year, and, and this is not to mention the fact that, that when I was a younger man, I used to play music at wedding receptions, countless wedding receptions. And trust me here when I tell you that where the bridal party is concerned, and the groom's party for that matter, there are a whole lot worse offenses than not having enough oil for your lamps. Nonetheless, as Jesus' parable comes to a close, we are left with an image of five bridesmaids all alone, out in the cold, forgotten and excluded from the celebration that's going on inside. And to all of this, Jesus concludes the story by saying, Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. And this is where things really get troubling. Because if we are to understand, friends, that the kingdom of God will be like this, that its coming is to be likened to that of the bridegroom to his wedding, and if that ultimately there may well be some who are excluded from that celebration, then what does that say about Jesus? This gets complicated even further by the fact that most biblical scholars consider this parable as Jesus' way of saying and, by extension, Matthew's reminder to the early church who were actively waiting for the kingdom of heaven to arrive that while the kingdom might not come immediately, it is coming, it will come, and that there will be consequences for those who are not prepared when it does. Hence, what is literally and spiritually a very dark ending for what started as a story of celebration. That Jesus would even tell a story like this is kind of troubling, isn't it? After all, this isn't exactly the kind, forgiving, welcoming Savior that we all have come to know and love. Be honest with me, weren't you expecting a different kind of ending? Really, we'd expect this story to end with the doors of the wedding hall bursting open, the five remaining bridesmaids, despite their foolishness, to be welcomed in with open arms. Everybody comes into the party, everybody celebrates, all is well and all is good. That's the kingdom of God. That's the way we want to hear it. But that's not how the story goes. To quote Matthew Skinner, if the question asked by this parable is what does the Christian life consist of or what does God expect from us in anticipation of the kingdom's coming, then Jesus' answer, according to Matthew's gospel, is this. It is wait. Wait faithfully, together, or else. Or as another commentator on this passage has noted, this passage doesn't feel at all like the good news of the gospel, but there it is. So the question is, as so often is the question in these parables, what are we supposed to do with this? Clearly, this is a story about our own spiritual readiness and how where the kingdom of God is concerned, the time to be ready is right now. 
It's a parable in which Jesus is calling his disciples to vigilance. It's a call to wrap our lives more securely in the faith that we profess, to be constantly aware and open to God's dramatic future as it unfolds. But the problem is that just like what happened to those five foolish bridesmaids, stuff happens to us. Life happens to us. Life in all of its many concerns intervene and we find ourselves pulled in other directions and before long, all too easily, we find ourselves becoming distracted and totally unprepared for what God is doing. I love what uh, M. Judy, M. Eugene Boring, a bright divinity school, has written about this. He wrote that living the life of the kingdom can be done relatively easy for short periods of time. But, he goes on, when the kingdom is delayed, that's when the problems arise. Being a peacemaker for a day is not as demanding as being a peacemaker year after year. Being merciful for an evening it can be a pleasant experience. But having to be merciful for a lifetime, that requires true spiritual preparedness. In other words, to be vigilant can be hard. For us to truly live the Christian life for the long haul, to be faithful day in and day out, imitating Christ and keeping his values until his promised return, is at best a challenge for us. But as Jesus reminds us, it's a crucial one for us. Ultimately, it ends up being less about whether or not we have that extra flask of oil on hand than it does being about how that oil is burned. Remember, when we're singing, give me oil in my lamp, the point is to keep on burning till the break of day. It's about the light that is created in the burning. Actually, you know, that's the failure of the five bridesmaids, the five girls. Remember that the whole reason those ten bridesmaids were there in the first place was so that when the bridegroom finally did arrive, they could welcome the bride and groom with the kind of joy that befits the celebration. Their job was to be heralds of unbelievably good news. That was their first job, their only job, their primary task. However, when the crucial moment arrived, they'd abandoned their post and they'd failed at their task, all because they'd gone to run and look for more lamp oil. <laughs> Turns out that the oil was only a means to an end, one tool, one way for the bridesmaids to stay ready and to keep on task. So at the end of the day, or the end of the night in this case, the foolishness of the five was revealed not by the lack of extra oil so much as by their failure to be ready to embrace and to communicate the joy of the bridesmaid, of the bridegroom's coming. This is the kind of failure that Jesus was warning against. And friends, make no mistake, it's a concern for you and for me as well. For you see, we are the people in this particular generation who are continuing to keep vigil 
to keep vigil for the coming of God's kingdom in all its fullness and its glory. We are the ones that Jesus has called to wait and to watch together. We are the ones who need to be ready. We are the ones who need to be ready to embrace and communicate the joy of our faith. I mean, after all, friends, it's one thing for us to profess to be and to act as though we are religious. But it's quite another to be the kind of person, the kind of believer who truly radiates the joy of what it is we believe. The joy of knowing Jesus Christ. The joy of his victory over sin and death. The joy of his presence and his peace and his counsel in every situation we face in this life. The joy of knowing in our heart of hearts not only that God is still speaking, but that in Christ he is coming again. The question for each and every one of us, friends, is whether or not our lives and our living radiates that kind of joy. For this truly is the joy of the kingdom's coming. So yes, this parable is a good reminder to keep things going, to make sure we have plenty of lamp oil on hand as we're waiting for the kingdom of come. But I would say to you today that the point really is how we keep those lamps burning. The importance of our keeping up hearts full of expectation so that we will hear the call of Christ and be able, ready and able, to respond whenever it comes. It's about letting things like justice and mercy and compassion regularly flow from our lives to the lives of others. It's about being ready to bear the burdens and carry the grief of those around us so that they will be open to receiving the unending hope and strength of God in their darkest hours. It's about love. Love, honestly and truly, being the answer to the multitude of questions and conflicts we face in this world. And it's about being prepared for every opportunity in God's world to do his work in the places where we dwell and among the people with whom we share this life. It's carpe diem. Seize the day on a massive, lifelong scale. Always for the sake of Jesus Christ, crucified and risen. And it's our first and primary job, yours and mine, as his disciples. You know, we don't generally do catechisms in our congregational UCC tradition. It is, however, as many of you know, very much a part of a lot of other Christian traditions. And I'll tell you, it's a worthy one. Because this is the tradition in which a summary of the principles of Christian religion are presented in the form of questions and answers. The idea, you see is that by knowing all the answers to the questions, you have been properly instructed as to what it means to be a Christian. I mention all this today because there's something called the Winchester Shorter Catechism, and it's used in the Presbyterian Church. And the very first question in that catechism, and I'm slightly translating it here, is as follows. What is the chief goal of humanity? What is our chief purpose? 
That's quite a first question. And the answer to that first question is this. It is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. You know, I like that. To glorify God and to enjoy him forever. It's a wonderful reminder to each one of us as we wait and watch for God's grand celebration to finally come to fruition that our purpose is ultimately not to go out and find joy, but to indeed embrace and share the joy we've already been given. Christ has come. He will come again. Our job, beloved, is to share that good news today, tomorrow, and in every day, and in every way that comes. So when the time comes when that joy we've been given is wholly fulfilled, we will be found right where we should be, doing exactly what we should be doing in anticipation of his coming. Because remember, Jesus is very clear about this, the time to be ready, the time to keep awake, is now. Because we don't want to be caught unprepared when the kingdom comes. Keep awake, therefore, for we know not the day or the hour. Stay ready, beloved. And as we do, may our thanks be to God. Amen. And amen. And that's the message entitled, The Time to be Ready. And it was recorded for our November the 8th online service of worship at East Church in Concord, New Hampshire. By the way, you can always join us live for our online services of worship by logging on to Facebook Live on our East Church Facebook page. The Time to be Ready is each and every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And as these days of pandemic continue, we are finding great value in coming together this way we'd really love if you could be a part of it with us. And with that, we're at the end of another episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry, and I do thank you for listening today. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.